0: Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast B-Side. This week, I don't even know what to say anymore, like this month, this week, this episode is never what comes to my mind. This time, this time on the podcast (laughs) B-Sides, we are unpacking a recent interview with Wendy Culber.
1: She's an amazing human being. Oh my goodness, I see why the two of you are friends. (laughs) All makes sense now.
0: Um, when we, when I was at her house in October, we both didn't feel like it was the first time we'd ever been in person together, but Mm. it was the first time. And it was so funny, like walking into her house and, uh, you know, I was, you know, give a hug and say hi and kind of exchange pleasantries. And then there's this pause and she reached out and like held my, my upper arm and was like, you're real. Oh, I was like, you're real. (laughs) And it was, yeah, it was just that. I, I loved how you also discerned that, um, like, like a healing love that flows out of her, her being right. Uh, absolutely the case. And, and, you know, meeting her in person is, is the same. It's just this. Uh there's
1: there's just like a melody about her like she just like like in a very tangible way she speaks in a very lyrical song-like way but i'm just like oh it just feels like you know when scripture talks about god singing over us and singing love over us as she talks i'm like oh my goodness that is what i sense and i pick up on which made it a very complicated interview because i'm like i am completely not coherent and cannot form questions and thoughts (laughs) <laughs> that's it hilarious beautiful like just experience
0: but i've had that experience yeah like the the, the that's often been my experience on the show where i'm like <laughs> i've got nothing on deck because i'm just like overwhelmed by the the energy coming off this person um hillary mcbride at pro- mm-hmm. very profoundly had that sense
1: mm-hmm. um, i believe that
0: yeah uh, something that we kind of were were just I guess skirting around or touching on at the end of the discussion was this um you know her her really you know helpful and ethical assertion that she can't um you know put her faith on onto any of her clients mm-hmm. and and moving in this this gentle way right where does this feel like a resource you know would this be life-giving? but she also was kind of alluding to that like she turns up still with who she is mm-hmm. and i was thinking about that i almost asked the question but we were at a time yeah. actually it wasn't a question really so that's yeah anyway just the thoughts <laughs> in my head around this this energy this idea of energy that we bring mm-hmm. and i think again if you'd like talk to me about energy five ten years ago i would have just been like get out of here you weirdo right. yeah but, okay, so if that's, if, 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 if I've already said enough for, for dear you, dear listener, to say get out of here, weirdo, um, at the very simplest level, atoms, what we all know we're made up of, are not solid mass. They are something like 99.99999% empty space. Mm-hmm. If you remember your high school physics class, you've got... Nucleus, electrons, various different, you know, subatomic particles that spin around one another. And they're mostly just energy relationships. Mm-hmm. And so your entire body is predominantly empty space and is actually just relationships between different tiny subatomic particles that give off energy and when you touch it with your hand it feels like solid mass but what you're pushing against is energy resistance Mm -hmm. and so your whole being our whole bodies and souls and brains and everything are just a complex relationship of energy that's all we are yeah we are predominantly not solid matter and then beyond that you know parts of our body particular organs your heart your brain have specific and unique electromagnetic fields and the human heart gives off a creates an electromagnetic field that can be sensed something like 2 to 3 feet uh, away so the energy field that your heart creates in simply pumping blood around your body and doing all of that work is detectable by scientific instruments outside your body that's so cool and to me that made so much sense when i learned that because like like if i stand and i don't know if this is everybody but if i close my eyes and stand in front of a wall i can feel the wall is there
1: yeah
0: right you know that and certainly like standing close to people let alone touching someone i can feel Mm -hmm. an energy sometimes even when somebody walks into the room you don't even you haven't even looked or noticed and and there's there's like a Oh, yeah, exactly. We do this thing with our <laughs> hands and we make a sound with our mouth and, and we know that somebody has walked into the room. Um, and so I, I, I felt like Ondi was just kind of almost alluding to this, this thing that our attachment to God that we carry is going to affect a person that we're helping, serving, caring for. You know, she's talking about clients, you know, for me, that's more like, you know, just pastoral work and, 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 uh and even coaching sessions. But there's times, you know, when people will be like, oh, wow, you have such great energy, or I can just, I can feel there's a lightness and a a cleanness coming off you and i mean sometimes for myself i'm like right now i am not filled with that clean energy mm-hmm. <laughs> right now i am filled with i feel like poison or who knows rage <laughs> and and rage is not a bad thing but but i feel like
1: it doesn't always feel like good energy
0: it doesn't always feel like good energy that's what i'm trying to say um can i nerd out even more
1: please go um, that part in?
0: Or have I lost you?
1: No, it's, just, I'm, I, it's amazing because, you know, okay, you, you keep talking and I will come back to this, go.
0: Okay, because if we go even smaller than, sub, than like atoms and subatomic particles and we get into like quantum physics, okay. um, I'm certainly no expert in this, but I'm a bit of a sci-fi nerd and I do like to read science. So, you know, at, at this at the quantum level, when we get deeper and deeper down, individual electrons and 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 different particles can become entangled with one another and and what that means is that they mirror one another's state. And so what gets wackier is that you can entangle two two particles mm-hmm. and then you can separate them from one another. Theoretically, to any distance. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And when you change the the properties of the one particle, the other one reflects it instantly, regardless of any distance apart. And conventional physics has no framework for understanding how that is possible. Einstein called it spooky. Spooky. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, this This just is weird. This is really creepy and weird and spooky. Um, and so, you know, now this is being used as the basis for all kinds of interesting new developments and discoveries and ways that we could, you know, manipulate matter. And, and so even, like, our understanding of time mm-hmm. falls apart, our understanding of distance, all these kinds of things that, to me, are also profoundly human things, right? Like, what, what define our relationships with one another? Time? Distance? proximity Mm. and so you know furthermore if you take it out to even more kind of esoteric depths if we consider that um all of creation you know if we take a big bang approach and we say all of creation once existed in this super compressed state Mm -hmm. if we take a you know a a hebrew cosmology and we look at this moment of god saying let there be and there was Mm -hmm. uh you know some have kind of theorized or posited that there's a level where all matter all of the cosmos itself is in fundamental quantum relationship with every other part of matter itself
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so you and i are connected mm-hmm. as as is anybody and everybody else mm-hmm. beyond just kind of oh we're all one you know mm-hmm. in kind of these really spiritual ways mm-hmm. it, it's a re- real force Mm-hmm. And, and the more, like, that I read that stuff, the more I'm like, yes, that makes sense to me. It's weird, and it's weird when it's presented as hard science, because it's just so hard for the brain to comprehend. But that intrinsically feels true to me and makes sense of, of even scriptural things like, you know, Christ holds all things together.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I feel like anything with like hard science that like, it's like, and so this is also not how my brain just naturally goes. So it's so mind boggling, but that's part of the beauty of it. Right. Like if it's not meant to be a simplistic two plus two equals four. Um, but I think we actually see that play out like even on a more simple, simple quote unquote level. Like I think of twins. And so you're both grown and developed in the same little uterus often sometimes in the same sac, right like if you're not in, um if you're oh my goodness I'm losing my words you're not fraternal. fraternal thank you um and how often can twins still know what's happening with the other twin and they can be on opposite sides of the world totally. right like they just were created in such close proximity that there is an enmeshment. Enmeshment sounds unhealthy, but there is an entanglement, right? And which is or often how like I see, I feel like I read stories all the time of like two twins who were separated at birth and end up on similar trajectories in life because they had started in in such an entangled space. And so I think there's something
0: or when one twin dies and the yeah. other knows the moment it's happened. They can yeah. just feel it and they later don't.
1: learn. Yeah. Um, and I think even when we look at our DNA, right, I cannot remember the stats, but I feel like it's 98% or something that we have the same percent DNA, like shared between you and me, between you and me and a banana, between you, like, from there's so much correlation in our living natural world. That makes absolute sense that if all particles were so close at one point that there would be similarities. I don't know how we got here. Well what? I was just
0: thinking this is we got here because this is everything that was in my mind when Andy <laughs> was talking about I'm not going to push my faith onto my clients because that's unethical but I'm turning up with all of who I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that changes people. And I I wrote this I kind of came to this line of thinking um a few months back I was writing something for the practice company the practice co app. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of hit me that you know someone else's wholeness is always provocative, right? Like when when you encounter someone that's just really at peace with themselves, someone that is really present, someone that is really um, attuned to themselves, and has done the work, you know, to grow in their enoughness, their belovedness, to own that, you can tell there is something about that person mm. like especially when, when if you just think of the opposite right when we're so used to people rushing people being busy people not being present people needing something from you people trying to manipulate you people trying to sort of like passive aggressively get something out of you and when you encounter someone who needs nothing from you needs to prove nothing and is profoundly at peace with themselves it, I find it always is very provocative and I can almost feel this thing coming off of them. And it, it sometimes it provokes my insecurities because I'm like, this person doesn't need me. There's nothing I can do to help them or trigger anything in them. And, oh, what does that now mean about me? Mm. Now that's all my issues in terms of value coming from help. But it's just fascinating to me that, that, that I think the, the the only thing we need to do to trigger a wholeness process in someone else is to sit in our own wholeness. Mm. The more you move towards an embodied sense of enoughness, the more you provoke it in the world around you. I think, at least this is my very like esoteric yeah. theory about life. And so, again, I think when Ondi's saying, well, I turn up to a cl- for a client, connected, present to myself energy, present to God, attached to God with us. And and I, I think what she wasn't saying was that her clients are going to benefit from that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: W- whether they believe in her God, practice her spirituality or not, that's what I was hearing. And I think that's the deeper
1: truth. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like on like a practical level, there's a part where I can show up in the world as myself, as a person who is a spiritual person. Like, I think we're all spiritual beings, but a person who loves Jesus. Um, And whether you share that belief system or not, I can still live out of the fullness of that, right? Like, I can still see the divine moving and working in your life and we can be on different journeys in that. Right. And I, but I do think you're also right. And I think, especially for you and for me as empaths who pick up so strongly on what someone else is showing up with and where they are emotionally, you're absolutely right. Where if she is showing up as her whole self, which she so evidently does that itself is healing for the people that encounter her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's going to be the way for it is for everybody. You yeah. and I just happen to be able to sense it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that dynamic is happening, right? Whether people can sense that's happening or not, you know, and we know, and again, we we know this, I think, also from like uh, a nervous system level, right? Where when you're spinning out, you know, um, the right kind of gentle touch yeah. from another human being you know, especially let's say like can bring you right back down into a safer space. Right. Especially if you've just had like a near death, like a physical near death experience, you're panicking, you're, you're, you're losing it. Maybe like, I mean, I, as a child almost drowned on two different occasions and, you know, and you're out of, you're totally spun out and, you know, somebody breathing with you. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's presence, uh, It it gives you real resources Mm. that you need and can't reach. Yeah. Obviously, you still have lungs. Obviously, you still have a brain that can breathe and is breathing, but you can't access those resources in the way that you need them when you've experienced those overwhelming circumstances.
1: You and I I have been talking about this, I think, especially in the last few weeks, just in terms of even parenting. I I think in the framework of parenting often, because I think it just simplifies like bigger ideas for me. Um, But when we are narrating or parenting to our children, what we are seeing happen to them or helping them deescalate so often, it's just mirroring to them like a coping strategy. It's probably the wrong, like, yeah or a way to help them, like, often part of my de-escalation strategy with my children is putting them in a position where they can mirror me de-escalating.
0: Mm. The problem
1: comes if I am escalated and then we just build on each other, right? Okay. But I think that you're, so, like, yeah, there's just power in actually being able to, you, you can feed off each other.
0: Right. And and as you pointed out, that can go good and bad. Yes that can go either way right uh dan siegel talks about you know the parent the child who's losing it Mm -hmm. and the parent who's losing it in return yeah and he's like it's like two lizards having a hissing match at each other and you're both using the most primitive parts of your your brain because you've both interpreted the other person as the threat to your survival yeah and i'm like right okay not
1: getting anywhere
0: not getting anywhere no um it's like just like presence
1: yeah
0: presence is a resource and the and that the presence of human to human the presence of self yeah being present to ourselves the presence of the the real presence of god
1: hmm yeah. Okay. So this is really full circle for me. So I was saying in the interview that I just came back from a couple days away by myself and often whether I, I actually, I haven't gone away by myself often, but if I take like a, you know, I'm taking a spiritual day, a spiritual retreat, I'm going away for like 12 hours, whatever it is. Um, there's always so much intentionality around it. It's like, okay, so I'm going to go and I'm going to hear a word from God. And inherently, I don't articulate it this way, but I'm like looking for marching orders. I'm looking for something to help direct my future. And there, and so this time I sat there and I'm like, so I'm journaling it out and I'm like, all right, what is my intention and hope for this time? And I had nothing. And what I just kept coming back to from Holy Spirit, from my own body, from the spirit within was that my body was good and I need to sit and honor my body. And I was like, oh, what Mm. the heck? Like, this is unproductive and (laughs) angering. (laughs) And it just, it was a real struggle for me. And really like, and so as I'm sitting with it and I was sitting with it for the last like 48 hours, I'm like, okay, so like, no, I actually want to be present and honor who I am and the divine in me. And even as we're sitting and having this conversation, I'm like, oh, that is actually everything. Because if I can show up in the world as a whole human who honors the divine in herself, then that is everything for every encounter I have. Like it's not that like I need to be intentionally like I've heard from God, so I can like give you this. Everything that I have is to give away. It's like no, I actually just get to show up and live my life, and that's
0: beautiful. That's enough. And not only is it enough for you, but that's enough. Like that's the, that's the. The gospel, like that's the work. Yeah. Like you doing that provokes an outpouring of divine love in the spaces around you.
1: Yeah. I think. Yeah. Which I think we were just witness to that with Andi, right? Mm. Where she just showed up as her and there was an absolute outpouring of divine love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was.
1: It's interesting. So before Andi got on the call, you and I were talking about how hard the last three years have been. And Andi has a metaphor of honoring your container. And Mm -hmm. actually, so one of the resources she gives us is to actually list what is in your container. And for some of us, it may be the pandemic. It may be your inner critic. It may be childhood trauma. It may be what, like there is a myriad of things. And I had made like the comment of like, yes, there's all of that, but there's also just the to-do list for today. Mm -hmm. That feels yes. to have my container at its capacity. Yes. Um. And so if I'm honest, I went into the interview being like, okay, I know this is good. Or reading your book was already so like intellectually it was good, but it was sitting in her presence, sitting in your presence, sitting in this little like cohort that actually was impactful for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like the to-do list will happen. There's things that need to ha- continue today or, that may or may not, you know, get done, but my soul feels at peace.
0: Mm. That's so yes. No, I I I have had the same experience today. Yeah,
1: mm.
0: yeah, for real, for real. Like I dropped the kids off at school. Well, I woke up to texts from Trafina about this book (laughs) i was like wow somebody was up at 6 30 and earlier reading yet much earlier because you said i've read 90 pages and that was at 6 30 this morning and so there's an insight into our level of preparedness and that's not throwing her under the bus that's mutual um you know and then it's like packing lunches and then you know and then oh honey remember today's pizza day you don't have to pack lunches i'm like oh yeah right of course great okay tangent right.
1: be grateful that Wednesdays are pizza days for you we have pizza days on Friday but that's screwed over dinner because Friday night dinner was always pizza oh man and now the kids I would are not, like I would, I,
0: would, I would no I would have pizza again no, put your foot not, down they don't eat you're it. in charge
1: <laughs> okay send those
0: kids to your will have you not read Dobson don't you know how to parent
1: oh my goodness <laughs> I feel what triggered pizza Chef. pardon
0: when it comes to pizza, sacrifices must be made. <laughs> Child sacrifices must be made. Listen,
1: my children can do the hard things. Okay, it's not about compassion; it's about them having to eat the pizza twice in one day. Oh man, so, when okay, that's sorry.
0: your hard thing, isn't that like and so so then the rage rises up? Okay, so so this is the rage. Tell me, I've walked the kids to school. Well, yeah, I've dropped the kids at school it's all done i'm walked home i'm exhausted it's not it's five minutes to nine and i'm tired i'm frazzled the tank is empty yeah and i'm like how how can i how can this be 9 a.m and uh and i know there's residual anger from the session with my therapist yesterday Mm -hmm. so what i didn't share when i shared earlier about um, earlier being in the interview with Ondi with about this, this part that felt like its job was to kind of clip my wings and keep me from flying too close to the sun. Um, basically, it was to keep me from being too glorious, to keep me from doing amazing things. And it kind of crops up now and again in this kind of self sabotage sense of people are going to betray you. Yeah. Those people who you think are your friends, mm, maybe, maybe not, don't trust them. It's very rare and it only crops up in very certain kind of scenarios. And this part was so it was so interesting. It was it was very different from a lot of other work that I've done internally. And this part was really adamant that it didn't want to be here. It didn't want to do this work. It had better things to do with its time, which is like the opposite of the way these protector parts usually talk. Usually they're very scared of losing their role because they're they're afraid that then they will have no purpose to serve. This part was very clear that it wished to serve elsewhere. But was basically, it had taken on almost the identity of Atlas holding up the world because it kind of got tricked or nobody else was was able to, willing to do it. Interesting. Well, as I worked through with that part, you know, and I didn't say this on air uh, because I know everybody in this cohort here kind of understands. But to the, to the listener, if you're not really understanding, part of that process is thanking that part for the work it's done. Mm-hmm. And using the compassionate curiosity of of the of the self, the, the the true you know high self, spiritual self, whatever you other adjectives you want to use, to say thank you. Like I see that as an act of love. I see that as an act of care and protection for for Jonathan for me. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you for that. And I and I see what you've done. And I'd like to hear your story. And I believe that that was a heavy burden and a hard thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And so honoring that part, and so that that kind of medal ceremony that I mentioned came it comes out of that that thanking and mm-hmm. honoring part process, but that was not the only part that turned up. Halfway through the process, I got really angry, mm-hmm. and uh, and another part began to run down this wing clipper, and was was really like, I hate this guy. And yeah. I hate what he does, And I'm not a, okay. so you know we we're we're asking just okay, thank you. Your opinion's valid, too. Can you yeah. give us some space? We'll come back to you. so we we do the work with this, you know, primary presenting part. At the end of the session, we went back to connect with this this part that had been so pissed off. and and its tone had completely changed. and basically, it said, "I am angry." that Jonathan had to show up for himself like this. It does not feel fair. Where were his parents? Where were safe authority figures? Where was God? Yeah. Why did I have to be enough for myself? That doesn't seem right.
1: I feel that. Wow.
0: And and that was like, I was like, whoa. The, the strength of that, the, Mm -hmm. the, the moral character of that advocacy and that rage. I don't know that I'd ever quite tapped into that kind of anger before. Wow. It was really interesting. And, you know, similarly, then we just turn to it again with validation, you know, and I find myself saying like, yeah, you're right. You are absolutely right to be pissed off about that. You are absolutely right to, to feel a sense of injustice at Mm -hmm. the need. That were not meant for you. Um, you know, and, and it was just sort of like, oh, well, well, good then. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you know, it was sort of like, I'm not used to being um given a pat on the back. Um, you know, and, and and again, I mean that comes back to sin. And and you know, conversations with my with my mother a couple of years ago where I realized I had some anger, I'd punched a wall, and and she said, Oh, when you figure out that anger thing, please let me know. You know, and and she said, you know, she grew up with anger as a sin. And so it was it was unacceptable. And yeah. so uh, so there was obviously there's obviously there's layers to working through yeah. those those yeah. things and identifying that. But just uh, I think I guess I've been feeling I was feeling that anger still today. Yeah. And just the sense of like. It does. not It's not right that that mm-hmm. we are that we have to parent ourselves. And that's that's not to inflict any shame upon our parents because they surely gave us more than they received, and yeah. you know. So we're the generations are are growing and moving, and and, yeah. and we're just talking about ourselves here. Um. But yeah, it was like I was already angry this morning. And sitting down to like, how do I prepare for this interview? How do I be present? I don't feel present. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm turning up with my good energy. Ooh. I feel grouchy and crabby. In this case, it felt like only had enough to share and give away and leave both of us impacted.
1: Yeah. It's and okay. So one, thank you for saying like sharing all of that. And I think as Christians, we've so often gone to anger, being problematic, being sinful, or anger can cause you to sin or how to get your anger under control or whatever it is. But I think your anger obviously speaks to pain and to trauma. And we have to talk about it as a secondary emotion. I'm not sure if I'm going to completely align with that, but I do think your, your anger is a hundred percent valid. Um, and so what I was going to say to you is I'm like, so even in your anger, even in your grouchiness, you still showed up, you were still professional, like, you had a great, like, it was a great interview, but I'm like, oh, what actually is beautiful though, is you showed up in all of your full self, just as we just talked about, like a few minutes ago, like you were honest about where you were and your anger, you were still able to be like, okay, I can still show up and have a conversation, but I don't need to put on a facade or a mask to do my job today,
0: mm, Yeah, that's course,
1: true, right? Like, I think that is what was so powerful about today is we were all able to show up as we were and know that we would be accepted. Yeah. Um Love, but like, so I, like, so like, anger is hard. I like, Mar- I think I told you, so Mark and I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but Mark and I had a big kerfuffle a few years back after George Floyd's murder, where he's like, you are angry all the time. And I don't know what to do with you because you were just always raging i'm like how dare you tell me i'm angry do you not see the state of this world white man like this is how our conversations go poor husband of mine whatever um i hope you know that i'm being facetious to a degree um (laughs) continue but it was it was just an interesting place in our relationship where i was like no i like My anger is a manifestation of my pain right now, of things Mm. that I have not been able to say for years, of the way that I see the world responding to people, to people of color, to people who look like me, like all of it, right? And so I've kind of been sitting in that place for three years. I'm like, okay, my anger is a good thing. I'm allowed to be angry. And you and I joke often where it's like, okay, Tripeen is here, like F the world, right? Like this is the space that I live in. And I was listening to Christina Cleveland this week and she was talking about what it's like to be awoken to injustice
0: Mm.
1: and how then you wake up and you are like every millisecond, you are inhaling injustices, whether it is how your body shows up in the world, whether it is how other bodies show up in the world and are treated, whether it is what has happened to your body and the lack of parenting or over-parenting or whatever has happened. So once you're awaken to it, you can't turn that off. So every inhale is injustice. Mm
0: -hmm. So then
1: what does it look like to exhale? Because you cannot, like we're talking about energy in our body. I cannot live at that frequency of anger, right? Because then that is not helpful. Not that my anger needs to be productive, but it's actually physically harming the quote unquote good energy in my body.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so yeah,
0: toxic talk, so, burden at least. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. So I don't know. That's been my journey at the moment of what does that look like to honor that anger, to honor the injustice? Because often my, my excuse would be like, well, I'm just gonna put my head in the sand because I just can't handle how much garbage is happening around me, mm. taking all of it in versus I can inhale it and I can exhale it. And exhale it back to God. I can exhale it like I don't yeah.
0: So we should ask uh the wonderful Dr. Cleveland to come yes. back on the show. I and know exhale. Come <gasps> like, so
1: teach me how to exhale.
0: Yeah, in the IFS process
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you're working with any part, whether it's a protector part or an exile you often will offer up the burden to something now in in the heart sync framework that i had come from which is very jesus-centric and 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 is i think is great and when done right still has all of that agency and consent and is this safe and in in fact that was the way my ther my counselor and heart sync always spoke would it you know, does Jesus feel safe? Do you know, is Jesus someone that you know as a figure of of love? And, you know, so, so just because it's Jesus-centric doesn't have to mean that it's not also consent-based. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we even have yeah. to offer that caveat? Wow. Um, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. So all that to say in in the heart sink methodology you're often offering up those burdens to jesus specifically and that's mm-hmm. been fascinating the way i've experienced that where jesus has come and, and i've and i've had this very visual experience mm-hmm. of like there's like, a like, kind of pulsating darkness coming off apart, and jesus just absorbing it and and feeling this incredible sense of relief mm-hmm. and release and lightness and joy and cleanness, like a like a purification that has nothing to do with what we have historically identified as sin. Nothing to do with that. It was simply really is this has been the cost of survival. Yeah. But you don't have to carry that anymore if you don't want to. No. Uh, so then in, in in IFS, internal family systems, it's often just asked to the part. What would you like to give this burden up to? Ooh. And often it, it's elemental, you know, fire, water, uh, mm. earth, snow, you know, and, and it's often tailored to the part. If mm. if the part has taken on an identity regarding some particular kind of activity, then sometimes it's like, yeah, I want to give this to my dog. I want to give this to whatever. I want to give this, you know, but maybe not to my dog, but it's usually it's usually some form of powerful elemental force Mm. um i've experienced giving burdens to water i've experienced giving Mm. burdens to fire and and it's like it only has to make sense in your internal framework it doesn't have to make any objective sense to anybody else in the world Mm. but it's it's a real thing that we can become unburdened, we can exhale. That the, you know, Ondi talks right at the beginning of this book about the cost of certain kinds of strength. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was really helpful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like let's baptize all of these things in the good and regenerative language of strength. Yeah. All of these are a form of of, of showing up.
1: Yeah it's a reframing right
0: yeah but we can also maybe not even but just and at the same time Mm -hmm. we can acknowledge that some of these kinds of strength are not sustainable Mm -hmm. some of these kinds of strength have a downside cost and i mean we know that intrinsically like like if i've got to like, she uses the example, you know, of a, of a mother that suddenly summons the strength to lift a car, you know, yeah. off their pinned child, okay? Well, lifting that car is not sustainable. Holding that car up is not as sustainable as putting a car on a jack. If I have to change my tires, right, maybe I can hold some of those things. Like, I can get down on my knees and do work on my car. But if I'm wearing knee pads... I can do it for way longer. Yeah. And suddenly I have a resource that I didn't have access to before.
1: Yeah.
0: And so acknowledging that even these, these, yeah, these strengths, some of them uh, are more generative, some of them are more costly, Mm -hmm. but they're actually all part of the sacred task of life.
1: Yeah. And so, even on the same analogy, right, you may summon the strength to lift the car and then throw your back out. And like dealing with that for weeks later, and I think you've done the best with what you could. Can you tell? Like, we've both like
0: tell (laughs) whose spouse has back issues. I know. (laughs) Thank you for saving our children, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, your back hurts.
1: Um, but yeah, just like also because so honoring that. You did the best with what you could at that time with the resources that you had. And there may be pain that you are dealing with because of that. But because you did the best of what you did, you saved yourself to a degree, right? Like when she talked about disassociation being a gift from God, because if you weren't able to disassociate, you would not survive in that moment.
0: Oh man, that was hitting me hard.
1: Yeah. When she was
0: like, so what would have happened if you didn't jump out of the way of that car. Yeah. yeah. Like she didn't, she kind of just left it open. I guess she's so gentle. <laughs> I, it, it was hitting me. I was just like, death, 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 dead, over and over dead. Yeah. But that's yeah. not been our shit.
1: Mean, you said it. You're like, you would not be al- alive. Yeah. I had to say it. Like, I was like, I have to, I have to say oh, it. Goodness.
0: Because it was hitting me so hard. Like, God gave us these things. Mm hmm. Like, like, I've been chewing on this for a little bit, but it's 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 clearly still working its way down to my heart, because every wow. time I hear it, it's still kind of hitting me. Mm-hmm. And Ryan, uh, Ryan Kuya, who yeah. uh, is a, also a mutual friend with, with Ondi, but who is on, on Instagram and elsewhere, you should follow him, everybody. He's also a, a therapist. And, you know, he talks about having lived years, like most of his life. In a complete shutdown survival mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. due to all kinds of events um, and things in his life, and and issues in his body, you know, and and he was sort of pushing me, and we were having some dialogue a, a few months back about like, you know, Jesus himself, like has a panic attack in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'm kind of like, really, because in my head, a panic attack is a failure. You know, bordering on sin, mm. and I believe Jesus lived sinlessly. And he's like, "You don't like blood, don't come out of your pores when everything's okay.
1: Blood I don't, don't like come it. out of your pores. That's how you know Jonathan's from Rexdale. Sorry, go go
0: on. Just go slips on. out sometimes. I I like tried to say that differently,
1: I and know, that was I what know. came out. I know, I love it. Go on, sorry.
0: If you don't know what Rexdale is, mm. uh, dear listener, sorry. That one it. of the one of the rougher areas of one of the less nice cities that make up the mega city of Toronto, and Trefina and I both grew up there.
1: I resent that it is not nice. I think it is beautiful. Tobico
0: is. is not beautiful, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but think I think it has pockets like- of beauty. It's a, it's a conglomerate of lots of different cultures. And so you have a very unique accent that comes up out of it. Hence the.
0: Those are good. Those are the good and redemptive parts that you are clearly remembering, uh, not the constant gunshots uh, or time stabbings. <gasps> oh my, uh, one of my One of the kids in my grade uh, stabbed a guy who died. And then this guy was on Canada's Most Wanted. He's, I believe, to my knowledge, he's still like one of the top 25 like unsolved. Like He bolted. Who knows where the guy went?
1: Oh, it's so heartbreaking. That's... Anyway,
0: that's Rexdale. What were we saying? Blood doesn't come out of your pores.
1: Unless you're in a state.
0: Unless you're really in a really uh, far-gone state. And so here's Jesus. And this is what my therapist said to me also. Jonathan, here's God in human flesh, doing the most important thing that's ever been done. Mm. And Jesus would have preferred to tap out. But Jesus was like, take this cup from me. And if we believe that, that Jesus lived righteously, then wanting to tap out and even vocalizing, like take this from me, is not any kind of cop out. Is not any kind of failure or sin or whatever language you want to, you use. That that's a that's a acceptable part of the puzzle. Wow. That hit me hard.
1: Wow. That's it's like you're right. That in so many ways there are parts that my head know. Like there are ways in which my head knows this. Right. We've been I feel like talking about this for the last couple of years. But my heart does not, because if I'm gut level honest, I spend so much of my time and my money I'm like, okay, I don't want to disassociate. So I'm going to go after that. I don't want um, to have panic attacks. So I'm going to go after that. And these are all beautiful and healthy things, because I do think you want to, you know, we're we're always looking for a wholeness and our healing, but not honoring this is like disassociation has become a dirty word in my mind. Oh, totally. My own stuff. Yeah. 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 That's like, that is a beautiful thing that your body did to protect you and to save you and continues to do. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. Can we, yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been just exploring some of that in my, in my head, in my heart, you know, in the last little bit, like even the lies we believed, even Mm -hmm. the, Uh, real distortions of the truth of reality that we came to, they were all our brain had available. It was that or die. And so what what alternative did you have to believe? You had to believe that thing. You had to believe that every good thing would be taken away from you. You had to believe that those who love you also hurt you. Because you had no other way to make sense of the world as a three-year-old, as a four-year-old, as a five-year-old.
1: And that's the other thing. It so often happens these young formative years.
0: So can we look at all of that with dignity Hmm. and all of that with grace? You got me here. Hmm. You got me here. And I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And from a parts work framework, you then say, is there something else you'd rather be doing?
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: And actually assigning a measure of personhood to that system, that mechanism that has Mm -hmm. kept you alive. What, What if you didn't have to do this anymore? What would you be freed up to do?
1: Yeah.
0: What would you rather bring your energy to bear on? but I love that how you know clear again, she is only it's like this, this can't happen outside of safety. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, somebody was running through some of this stuff with me the other day, but, and I know that they're in an unsafe place. Mm-hmm. Right. And they were kind of like, why can't I heal? Why can't I grow? I'm like, friend, you are not safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can't do that work No, in the, in the midst of that. So, you know, there's a quote early in the book uh, that I think is sort of like safety is what is needed. To heal and creating safety is the work. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, that's
1: good. That's really good, but really hard. But yeah. this is. Like, yeah, and
0: sometimes sorry. I just am tired.
1: Pardon? <laughs> I'm just tired. Okay. I don't want to create safety no. today. <laughs> no, <laughs> my sometimes creating safety is binge watching Netflix, and that's okay. But
0: you're right. You're right because if your if your prior pattern was to push yourself. To productivity yeah in fact i had a very keen sense of that last this week this week monday with the whenever this now this is months later with the with the strike that we had and i'm, I'm and i had we and we had an extra kid we had a neighbor's kid
1: it wasn't a strike it was a protest you're because right we were legally not allowed to strike so don't yes, come right. at yes. us educational workers because we know that you were not striking
0: no you're right we're 100 with you
1: we we really are.
0: We're 100 with you.
1: No sarcasm there.
0: Um, 100 with you. You people deserve
1: <laughs> way more than you. way
0: more than what you're paid. Um, I had the neighbor's kid came over as well because their their plans all fell through, and so I've got five kids that I'm working through online schooling, in age from 13 down to five. And I reached this point later in the day where everything was basically done, and I was like. I have been in such a hyper-functioning mode all day Mm -hmm. that if I don't forcefully Mm -hmm. do something meaningless now with my time, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep functioning at this level at great personal cost. Yeah. And so I sat my ass down and I played video games.
1: Good for you. And,
0: And it specifically needed... Mm-hmm. to be something meaningless and unproductive mm. in order to be safe. Yeah. Because I was on an unsafe trajectory
1: mm-hmm. with
0: myself. So uh, that I completely co-opted your story. For, of,
1: no, I. Lo- good for you.
0: Yeah, I love finished.
1: it. I don't know where I was going, but I was going to say like circling back a few months when we had Holly Oxhandler on the show, like, I feel like, You embraced that. You listened to your body as to when you needed to stop and you did something restful. Because we've talked about how, even in our rest, we often try and make it productive. Like, I can sometimes come over and use your sauna and be like, okay, this is like me trying to rest and meditate and clean my pores. And I'm like, why does this need to be productive? Why can I not just take a nap? Right. Like, Every like so for you to be like, no, we're gonna I'm gonna intentionally do something that I can't even let productivity co-opt is really powerful.
0: Which is okay, which is literally the point it's... of sabbath. <laughs> yeah. The like the point of of Sabbath was unproductivity. Yeah. So so we can even look at God then. Mm. As a, as a, as commanding in mm. that biblical framework, a period of unproductivity. Yeah. For our yeah. own damn sake. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, <it's... laughs> yeah.
0: Create safety, children. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Aye. Praise the Lord.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay, I feel like. You and I can keep going, but we're going to go in circles.
0: Thanks for listening, friends. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Grace and peace to you. You know, meaningful closing remarks like uh, create safety in your life and go and buy on these books. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I was like, or maybe there don't need to be meaningful closing remarks. Like, yes, go buy That's
0: why I specifically said it in that that tone of voice. Like, I love it. I love this. Meaningful closing remarks and goodbye.